You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. And uh, we have a couple of topics. Obviously, we're recording a podcast. Yay. Yay. Um, so, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Nintendo and what plans they have um, coming up here uh, within the next year. Um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, China and how they come into this uh, whole podcast. Um, a new movie that's coming out next month. Uh, a, another DC film that uh, should be coming out, I'd say, within the next year or so. Potentially. Finally, another movie that was pulling off the slate with what appeared to be completely shelved off and now it's back and then finally um we're going to speculate a little bit on the mid-season finale of fear the walking dead which is coming on tonight so to start with our podcast we're going to talk a little bit about nintendo and their announcement of the nx console which is supposed to launch worldwide on well in march of 2017 Yay, birthday month. <laughs> oh shit, it is that birthday month. I have a lot of we have a lot of birthdays in March, so it's a busy it's a busy couple of weeks, the beginning of March. Yeah, so uh no doubt um at least one child's gonna be asking for that probably. Yeah, we already know who. So, um you know, I'm I'm kind of excited for the NX. I mean, I guess it shows a lot of promise for Nintendo. Hopefully they can kinda turn around what they had with the Wii U. Um, you know, I mean, the Wii U obviously hasn't been, you know, very successful for Nintendo. There's not a lot, there's hardly anybody developing games um, for it, but the system itself, I think, has shown that Nintendo is able to survive up to a point, even without... Um, you know, people developing stuff for their games just because they do have a uh, plethora of very popular titles. So, um, you know, I mean, especially like as a family system, it's just a convenient system to have. You know, for instance, if it's in the living room is like, uh, you know, some form of entertainment. Obviously, a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, you know, is able to, you know, play all these different types of games. Um, I'd say not a lot of them are like family oriented, but just in general, um, you know, the, the games themselves are a little bit more advanced, but, uh, obviously with the Nintendo Wii U, you know, it has that family appeal, being able to play with multiple players. Obviously if you're watching television and one of your kids wants to play the system, having that pad is a big deal. It makes it nice so that they can still play their games if they want to. I mean... Or our, our, uh, watch YouTube or Netflix. Yeah, my daughter she plays on the on that pad, and even though she's not playing uh, the games, yeah, she's on YouTube. You know, she's watching stuff on Netflix. I mean, it's pretty much a tablet, so um, she really enjoys it. Um, so I'm really hoping that you know Nintendo can do something with the NX that can maybe put them back. In the running, I mean, I don't see them making such a huge leap from, you know, say, competing with the PlayStation or the Xbox One, like, on their level. But, you know, I'd like to see them kind of, you know, like, back in in the running, so to speak. Uh, So, you know, with that said, um, Nintendo announced that um, with this upcoming system that the Legend of Zelda game is going to be released with it simultaneously with the Wii U and the NX. Um, I mean, I guess that's kind of a safe choice as far as... um, Everybody loves Zelda. Yeah, you know, so... And that's how we got our Wii U. Right? That's exactly... (laughs) You know, that's funny. That's exactly how we got our Wii U. Um, You know, a lot of the Wii U bundles, they actually came... Some of them came with nothing. Other ones came with... uh, A lot of Mario games. A lot of Mario games and... um, 
what we wanted to do because um, we saw this special edition Zelda console. Um, it was actually a different color. It actually had like, you know, like a really nice design on it. Um, you know, the other thing was is that it actually came preloaded with the Zelda game. And a lot of the Nintendo games that were coming out, I mean, they, they were relatively inexpensive. Plus, I think at the time, Nintendo was running some sort of offer where if you actually purchase the system that you got a free download, like you get to pick one of three downloads, um, which included some of the Nintendo uh, the Nintendo games. So our thought was, is like, okay, if we're going to get a Wii U, we're not going to buy the one that's got like Super Luigi U or something and then get like Super Mario Wii U. Like it's pretty much the same game with different levels. And so we had to like fucking look everywhere because there was no Zelda systems available and then finally we found one at freaking um in Wasco which is a little ways out of town but we actually drove all the way out of town to to get to scoop up this uh this Zelda system the special edition Zelda system and then we ended up getting uh the Mario download uh with it so you know I'm I'm sure they'll be doing some sort of offer like that I mean they're releasing the Legend of Zelda simultaneously with the with the NX. So, I mean, maybe they'll do some sort of push where like, oh, you know, if you buy the system, you know, you might be able to, you know, qualify for this game or, you know, they'll do something similar like they've done, uh, you know, in the past with their bundles or, you know, digital downloads or something like that. Uh, they'd also announced or revealed that they would be releasing Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing uh, games for mobile devices, which I know there'd been a lot of speculation, especially over the past, like, year, year and a half, about whether or not, you know, Nintendo was going to be able to survive the failure that was the Wii U, and, you know, whether or not Nintendo was going to be open to, you know, like, releasing their titles, either, like, as far as licensing for these games to be played on different systems, but... A lot of the speculation that I'd seen online was that there was, you know, something thinking where they might actually, um, you know, some of these games might actually be more appropriate for mobile devices. Um, but it seemed like they weren't very interested in that and were pretty confident in, like, their ability to, you know, just keep moving forward with their system. Um, but now, with, with this announcement that they're going to release, you know, Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing, you know, to start, you know, as far as mobile devices, I think that's... A pretty big deal just because Animal Crossing is something that like appeals to a bunch of people. Very I know a lot of adults that play that. Very family friendly. Um now Fire Emblem I think is fucking fantastic. I play that um for the three DS. Fire Emblem is a ton of fun. Um you know, so a a game like that I can see being hugely popular from a mobile device standpoint, just because the game is fun, but it's not insanely graphic heavy. I mean, I guess the same way that Animal Crossing isn't either. Um, so, I mean, these are going to be games, I think, that are going to be, you know, easily supported on a mobile platform just because they don't have, like, high demands. Plus, they're games that you can kind of, like, drop in and, you know, drop out of and not have to dedicate a whole lot of time. So, it makes a little bit of sense. Um, you know, and then there was something about them expanding their apps with the release of the Mitomo social networking app. Now I know Amanda knows a little bit more about this in their their Wii app. I love Mitomo. She is really went into it with both feet. I mean, did you want to kind of talk about the Mitomo? I mean, cuz they're talking about expanding the repertoire and apps that are available in the Mitomo. So you know a little bit about that. I don't use it at all, so Well, the Mitomo is kind of, it's like your me. Um, you get to build a little me, and then it stays in a house. Which, a me is like a character that you create. I mean, obviously, if you don't know about Wii U or Wii, you should not know. But if you don't know, you basically <laughs> create a character that looks kind of like you, or however you want them to look, and that's a character yeah. that represents you in the game. You can make up to five separate me's on the on the app, but I only have one because I'm not super popular, so it's hard enough to make my popularity level rise with the one. So I'm like, I don't want to make four more, but it's super fun. 
you get to to earn coins and game tickets and you get to buy clothes if you want and you change your outfit and there's if you link your um your Mitomo app to your my Nintendo account you can uh earn uh what's it called like points like Nintendo points um but you spend those in the app and uh to buy like tickets and other uh things little accessories and stuff it's a lot of fun the questions are kind of weird that they ask sometimes it seems like it's trying to be like a dating maybe like a dating app sometimes so I avoid those questions kind of like those are stupid but a lot of people troll the questions it's fun and I when I first saw the app when she was playing it I thought that it seemed a little bit like uh, the Sims uh, and I played the Sims a little bit not so much for the PC. I mean, I did kind of play it for the PC later on once there had been a couple of expansions out. Um, but I did play it a lot, like, when they had it for the PlayStation and stuff. And there were, like, you know, different additions that you could do for it. And so I enjoyed playing it, but on a level like some other people do. Like, I didn't play it a ton. I did think it was fun. And this just kind of seems like the Sims game. Um, huge time sink when I would play The Sims but uh, the Mitomo, you know, I see Amanda kind of like drop in and drop out of it. And it seems interesting. So they're going to do a little addition to that. So, um, you know, hopefully Nintendo's more successful with, uh, you know, this NX console. I wish we knew more about it. I'm sure more will come out as as we get, you know, closer to 2017 with them teasing stuff or like going to shows or any of those things. I'm sure eventually we'll see like videos and, you know, little leaks yeah. of... Uh, you know what to expect what are their titles that we can expect because i'm sure in the, that would be kind of a disappointment if the only fucking game that was coming out was the legend of zelda <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's going to be a, a, at I'm least sure a couple of games that are out so i'm sure we'll we'll see that um you know and hopefully we'll see the return of a lot of the third party developers you know coming to support nintendo so that it can just be generally more successful and there will be more titles available for the nintendo in general because i know that was a huge issue with wii u just it was like a step backwards for most, you know, third-party developers trying to, you know, make games for Nintendo. It just it was just easier, you know, for them to work on Xbox and and PlayStation. So, you know, again, hopefully they are successful, and you know, if it looks promising enough, we may end up, uh, you know, buying that system as well. So, um, while we're on the topic of games, but has a little bit to do with the movie move on to China and China apparently decided to make its own World of Warcraft movie that's weird <laughs> um I found this story on gamerize and uh, or gamerize.net and uh basically you know basically here's the the little little snippet I took from it it was that not to be confused with Hollywood Warcraft film this is my wow which is the actual title of the movie my wow um as the website nanfeng points out uh its chinese title is uh and then it kind of goes into like some chinese lettering that i don't know what it says but it says which literally means my world of warcraft okay so um according to that website the nanfeng the movie's Chinese tagline translates to a man gets transported to a fantasy world of Warcraft where the impossible occurs. That sounds weird. <laughs> well, what's funny is like they, they showed this kind of like weird looking uh, like Chinese dude um, and these other two people that are dressed in like cosplay suits. But one of the dudes that's cosplaying to the guy's left looks like an old paladin tear set. Like, it's, like, a complete ripoff of, like, an old paladin tier set. And then the person on the right looked like some sort of caster. It might have been, like, a warlock or a mage. Again, a ripoff of a tier set. And then with the background, you know, of this World of Warcraft thing, I mean, it basically, it's clearly a ripoff of World of Warcraft. I, I mean, from what I understand, this this is kind of old, but I do recall that they had, in China, they had made like an amusement park of World of Warcraft that right. was like a huge, obviously, 
you know, infringement on uh, Blizzard's uh, intellectual property rights, but where it's basically a safe haven for China to kind of pull stuff like that, um, you know, they can get away with it. So with the release of this My Wow or My World of Warcraft, um, I'm just... I, I mean, I could see this being like a completely horrible, terrible movie. I'm actually really curious to see if this is going to end up like on the internet, where like we might find it on like it probably will some torrent site or something like that, so we can like see how garbage this movie really is. What's what is what is uh, interesting is that they're actually like rushing the release of this movie, and this movie is actually supposed to end up coming out before. Wow. So it's coming out before Warcraft. I I can't remember if it was going to be like sometime toward the end of this month or the beginning of next month, but it is coming out before Warcraft is. So it'd be interesting to see if we can find this thing online somewhere and watch it and then talk about how bad it is <laughs> or just talk about the comparisons to, you know, Warcraft in general. Yeah. Um it's going to be interesting. I I really want to see this movie. Not as much as I want to see Warcraft, <laughs> the original. Obviously, I'm going to go see that, but uh, I definitely want to see this movie and all the ripoffs that they took because I think they did an interview with the director of this film um, that uh, made My World of Warcraft for the chi- Chinese, and um, this dude basically says that like he poured his heart and soul into it and he let all of his creative juices flow and that like it's you know basically like his <laughs> brainchild and I'm just like right. really like you just fucking. All of a sudden, one dude just says, oh, you know, I thought of this whole Warcraft thing and decided to make all these different classes as sets as, you know, you have to, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the Chinese are pretty shameless when it comes to infringing on the intellectual property mm-hmm. of anyone or anything, it's not the just the... knockoffs come from. Right. I mean, that doesn't even just apply to the United States. I mean, if any other country makes anything that's worth anything there's a chinese knockoff of it i mean i guess that's the biggest compliment right except when it eats into your sales <laughs> um so there's that maybe some you know maybe some of you guys will see it online uh we hope to see it online as well so that we can wow. you know dissect that movie so uh moving on um this other movie that's gonna be releasing pretty soon is called range 15 um if you guys aren't familiar um, with the release of this movie, which uh, will be coming out June 15th, uh, 2016. Um, it's going to be a rated R action comedy horror. Um, it's going to run about an hour and 40 minutes. And uh, it basically stars a lot of the guys that are associated with like Article 15 clothing and Black Rifle Coffee. And like, you know, some of their friends and, you know, other people that are... Uh, well-known um ex-military members uh it's directed by ross patterson it's starring sean austin danny trejo william shatner mindy robinson keith david brian callen but those aren't all of the stars i'm assuming because i know matt best is in it um i can't think of the who's the medal of honor recipient uh, dakota um i don't know gosh dakota something forgive me i forgot his last name I know he was at one point engaged for a short time to Sarah Palin's daughter. Oh, or something. that guy. Yeah. I. Anyways, um, he he's in it. There's um, a bunch of uh, people that I think Matt Best does his videos with or are going are going to be in it as well. So the blonde big booby girl's going to be in there. I'm sure she will be. She's in all those videos. She's the bikini snap girl, and it's yeah. a movie about action comedy and horror so in a horror movie you got to have like hot chicks that do stupid stuff in action movies i mean you know that explains pretty much you know uh uh megan fox's like entire career you know in a comedy you still have to have like a relatively like cute girl that like plays some sort of love interest so when you have an action comedy horror of course it's going to include you know beautiful women so um, the movie synopsis is a group of veterans wake up after a night of partying to find out that the zombie apocalypse has spread across the United States. Together, they must fight their way across the country in order to find a cure for the outbreak and restore freedom before it's too late. Now, that sounds like a movie that's made in Merca. 
Oh, that sounds like a movie that's been made before. <laughs> I mean, but it hasn't been made by them. I mean, we've seen their movies from well, their 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 videos, their internet videos from like Article Fifteen Clothing, from Black Rifle Coffee. These guys are fucking hilarious. I mean, yeah, they do usually make just like funny little five ten minute shorts and stuff. But if you watch their stuff, like they're very, they're very funny. Um, you know, they do have like pretty decent production value. I mean, I think. I mean, obviously, it's a far cry to go from, like, a YouTube video to, like, a directorial debut on a mass release of, like, a big movie. So, I mean, do I think it's going to be, like, Oscar-worthy or that they're going to, like, win any sort of, like, big awards or anything? Probably not. I mean, hell, they might even win some Razzies. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they might end up with some Razzies, but you know what? Fuck it. They're not making it for, like, the masses to, like, you know you know win awards doing like that these fucking dudes enjoy making movies they want to you know they 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 have a good time when they're doing what they do um i mean obviously they're already running businesses on the side so i mean it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt them um you know article uh you know range 15 this was actually like a kickstarter kind of thing where they just raised enough money to do the movie that they wanted to do i mean it's you know that means william shatner didn't get paid very much (laughs) Man, William Shatner does fucking conventions now. I'm sure he's not getting... He wasn't getting showered in money and gold or anything. Um, you know, they probably didn't have to break his arm or do anything real, you know, anything crazy to get him in a fucking movie with a bunch of, like, relevant people, like, in the, like, internet community or, like, you know, the... I mean, these dudes are at SHOT Show. These guys are ex-military rangers and special forces and stuff. I mean, so... I mean, I think people that, like know who these dudes are, know what their background is. I mean, I think they're going to want to go out there and support this movie. I mean, I am. Um, this movie is going to... The thing is, is uh, they're, uh, they're, the movie's posted on a website called um, Tug.com. Sounds kind of... Eh. Pornish? Yeah, very pornish. Um, but if you look up Range 15 on Tug.com, that's T-U-G-G.com, if you look it up, double um, G's because it's pornish. <laughs> um, if you if you look up the movie events, um, it'll show like pending ticket sales and where the movie's going to be playing, you know, in different parts of the country. And so, if the movie's not playing in your area, you can actually try to set up an event where you can have like a local movie theater try to um, show this movie if you want to. Now, the thing is is the catalyst to whether or not it's going to be shown in your movie is that you does it a, a certain amount of tickets sell. So in this case, there's only one place in our town that's going to be showing this movie. And uh, right now it's sitting at about like 60 ticket sales. It's still got to sell like 15 or 16 more. Um, I'm going to be buying at least two, um, you know, obviously to go see, um, you know, the Strange 15 movie. Uh, you know, like I said, because I want to see it. Um, there's already a couple other places that have met their ticket sales. I know, like in uh, like Tulare County and other places. But I'd rather not drive an hour and a half to go see this. Um, so Very I will. Fun road trip. <laughs> yeah, we could eat that Chinese place I was talking about. Um, you know, but anyways, you know, Range 15 looks like it's gonna be a funny movie. If you've seen some of the internet videos, you know that these these guys are really funny and passionate, and that they get along really well, and that they are friends in real life. Um, obviously not all the people that are listed that I said that were starring in this movie, and obviously they used some of that money that they got from their Kickstarter to have these people in it, but honestly, I don't think a lot of these people were paid a shitload of money, and they probably, you know, did it for far less because of who it was that was asking them to do this movie. It's more of a passion film, you know, passion project for them to release a movie than it is, you know, them to make, you know, a billion dollars on it, because, I mean, I'm sure they plan to make money off the movie, but, I mean, I don't think that they ever thought that it was gonna like you know blow box office records out of the water or anything um so um if uh you don't know who they are go check them out article 15 black rifle coffee matt best um you know those those dudes are gonna be in it it's gonna be funny look up range 15 you'll you might even see a couple of previews that are already out there and if it looks funny go check it out so uh, moving on i'm still on topic of movies um, Harley Quinn and whether or not she's getting her own movie. Um, initially, I thought that maybe this was going to be some sort of like standalone movie f- um, with Harley Quinn specifically. Um, but as it turns out, uh, Margot Robbie is spearheading the proposed Harley Quinn movie with more female DC comic characters. And 
um, I read the story through Yahoo, uh, yahoo.com. And uh, so basically in this uh, little synopsis, I took a couple of uh, sentences out of there because it was very wordy, um, is that Margot Robbie, who stars as a villainess in Suicide Squad, is attached to her prize, the character, and would also produce the untitled spinoff, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Um, but the twist is is that the project is not a Harley Quinn solo movie. Rather, it would focus on several of DC's female heroes and villains. Um, it says that uh, the details are being closely guarded, but names are being thrown out there like Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Um, don't know what the capacity is going to be, uh, which isn't clear, because Warner Brothers isn't saying anything. So um, I guess it says that there's... Also a scribe that's penning the script, but those details are also being kept secret, but they do know that the writer's a female. What what that matters, I mean, who fucking cares if it's a male or a female as long as the script is good. Because they're going to they're gonna throw it out there as a girl power movie, and then if it blows, they're going to say, oh, look, it's because the female did it. Sorry. Oh, no, it's going to be because they, didn't, they weren't given enough support, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, the female movie wasn't supported as much as the male counterparts movies. It's like, you know what, just put some good fucking writers on it. Like, who cares if it's a male or a female? I mean, if you can write, you can write, right? Basically. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so, um... You know, my thoughts on this is if it was a Harley Quinn solo film, I think it would still be cool. Harley Quinn as a, as a character is pretty fucking neat. I would like to see cameos of the Joker, obviously, because they're kind of like two pea, like peas and carrots. Um, you know, obviously, like Joker playing a very, you know, smaller role. Um, but, you know, Harley Quinn solo film would be neat. The fact that it's going to be a character that's introducing more DC female characters, like, you know, Batgirl and stuff like that, I do think that is cool, because then that brings out the possibilities of, say, you know, Batman playing a small cameo, or, you know, whether or not they might even dangle a little Robin in there, or Nightwing, It just sounds like they're copying the, what is it, for the little girls right now, the DC Supergirls, where if you go to the toy store, you can go buy dolls. Of Harley and Batgirl and a couple of the other ones. So you're thinking this is like a merchandising ploy? It sounds like it. I mean, but they're going to make it for grown-ups. But, I mean, there's already... Or I think they're called the DC Super Friends or something. But, yeah, it's, it's all the girls. There's good and bad. It's it's the DC girls, and it's for, it's for little girls. But, I mean, they have dolls. They have posters. They have... They're already all over the clothes. Huh. There's books. I guess that makes sense. I mean, if they already have that merchandising out there, they put the movie out there, it makes it even more popular, kids want to see it, then they want the merchandise. I mean, I could totally see that. I mean, I mean, when does that not happen, though? Like, most of these movies, especially movies that have to do with, like, villains or heroes or any, any sort of superhero in general, you know, the merchandising gets rolled out, like, way before the movie does, then the movie comes out, and then guess what? Then the official video game comes out. It's for Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. It's always like a poorly, poorly fucking made, super rushed video game that has all kinds of issues with it. I mean, there ends up, you know, there's being a fucking version of that Monopoly, you know, that <laughs> that's, you know, that all, also the superhero version of the fucking game, and you know, all kinds of other stuff. And so, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect anything less from any other superhero movie, but, um. I mean, from what I understand is that uh, Margot Robbie played a pretty good um, Harley Quinn from the preliminary reviews that have come out for Suicide Squad. I mean, when I look at her, I think she looks like Harley Quinn. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, she's not wearing the old suit, but who gives a shit? I mean, That's because the comic part that they're basing it off of, she doesn't wear that suit. She wears what she's wearing in the movie, so... Right. Well... I think she looks like Harley Quinn. She looks like she's portraying Harley Quinn pretty well. I mean, I guess we'll find out when we see Suicide Squad as to whether or not she completely ruined, you know, the character of Harley Quinn or whether she plays it as good as Ryan Reynolds did in Deadpool. <laughs> we will only find out with time. So, um, I mean, personally, from a look standpoint, I think she looks the part. You know, um, Harley Quinn in a lot of the old cartoons and comic books i mean she wasn't she didn't really ooze sex appeal but you know she was cute um obviously harley quinn takes it like a step well 
Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn takes it like a step higher, you know, with like the outfit and stuff. I mean, because she does look pretty good, even though she looks like a fucking lunatic. Um, so well, you can't can't have her go full crazy. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, we'll see. Um, I mean, I, I I would like to see you know some you know really cool DC female characters you know introduced. Um, you know, in there in some way. As I mean, obviously, do it right, and don't make it all stupid. Right, like they did with Wonder Woman. That was a real letdown. Uh, she was fine. No, she wasn't. You know, honestly, okay, you're saying that she wasn't a good Wonder Woman. I didn't say she wasn't a good Wonder Woman. I said they didn't do it in the right way. She did fine as Wonder Woman. Okay, that's what I meant. I mean, she wasn't Alicia Silverstone Batgirl, was she? Right? I mean, do we need to go there with that? Do I need to remind you of Alicia Silverstone as fucking All Batgirl? All I'm saying is they should have had her do more. If they were going to put it as such a big thing to have her in it, she should have been in it more. Yeah, I guess. Just like in Star Wars, sorry, I'm going to go there, but they really wasted Captain Phasma. I mean, she was there, and then she was gone, and it's like... I'm sure she'll get introduced more. Yeah, but everyone built her up, and then it's like, oh, look, it's like two seconds of screen time, and then there she goes. Because they built her up too much. They're like, oh, man, in, in the comics, like Captain Phasma does all this shit. It's like they just introduced her into the movie. All of a sudden, she's supposed to be like a fucking crazy badass. Like People were like, oh, who is this fucking character? Character development. Like They know she's a leader. They know it's she's sad. got a different suit. I mean, it just, you know, I don't know. Sad. It makes sense. You got, you got to ease into it you can't just be like fucking blow you know if you're gonna build it up that much you should have something but i mean like all i'm saying is that you know as long as they like cast the right people and they perform the job right i mean even if it's even if they're not like showing as much as they should you know that comes with time and character development over the course of a couple of movies you know i mean obviously we don't want to see like batgirl played by you know, somebody like Alicia Silverstone or some shit, you know, or, or somebody like Halle Berry trying to take on the role of Catwoman. I mean, that movie was fucking garbage, too. But at the same time, <laughs> the first Catwoman played by Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer was fucking amazing. She, she was, was a really good Catwoman. The first movie, she she was so fucking good. Like, honestly, like if they could find somebody like I mean, I'm not saying like Michelle. I'm not saying cast Michelle Pfeiffer for fucking like. She's too old. Yeah, she's way old. But I'm saying, <laughs> you know, obviously you could find somebody like that, you know, to play the fucking role as well as like you know Michelle Pfeiffer did for Catwoman. You know, like somebody to Batgirl or whatever. You know, obviously Ooh. that's what people want to see, even if it's only when in Uma a little Thurman tiny was role. Poison Ivy. Um, Uma Thurman. Yeah. I think she was okay. I thought she was good. It was fun for the movie. I mean. It was better than Arnold Schwarzenegger's fucking Mr. Freeze. Right? Yeah, you know. So, um, you know, so, I mean, that, that's all I hope is that they cast the characters well and that they actually, like, treat them properly. I mean, I'm not so concerned with, like, how much of a role they play in the movie or don't play in the movie. I mean, obviously, they're going to make more movies and that they'll, you know, develop the characters over time. So, that's all I hope. I don't want them to kind of, like, rush into it and then, like, fuck it all up because they're trying to do too much with the film or... You know, they're trying to make everybody happy because you can't make everybody happy. So I just hope that they just, you know, kind of stick to whatever it is they plan to do. Stick to the script and just, you know, make a good movie overall. Um, so, again, still on movies. But, uh, you it's know. all movies. Yeah. Some good news. Some good news. Um, we talked previously about Gambit. The movie Gambit was going to be a standalone Gambit movie. It was going to be played by Channing Tatum. And initially we thought, fuck. Gambit got pulled. It had a fucking release date, and now it's just gone. Is the Gambit movie shelved, or is it dead, or what? And as it turns out, that Channing Tatum as Gambit is still happening, but with some Deadpool influence. Um, this story is also via Yahoo. And so it says um, that one of the more memorable characters in the Marvel Universe who has yet to um, really have his due is Gambit, the Cajun-speaking, card-slinging X-Man, um, has always been a favorite of fans, but Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, obviously, um, has always been the real breakout character as far as the X-Men franchise goes. Um, now you have Gambit starring uh, Channing Tatum as a superhero, um, which, I mean, I've been waiting for for quite some time. Uh, you know, it's had 
shit tons of delays and setbacks and um now it's being said that the movie's a go so um i think essentially what i got out of this story was that they are refocusing the film by creating a fresh script and tone for the film to be more closely matched to the character now what that tells me is that they may have written what they thought was a decent screenplay for gambit deadpool comes out and people realize oh shit we don't have to water some of this stuff down and now all of a sudden they turn around and look at their script and realize that their script is utter fucking garbage that doesn't properly represent what gambit is and are now like okay we need to scrap this and fucking rewrite the entire movie which is probably why it got completely pulled and why they thought it was dead and why they have to rewrite essentially i mean come on these words, I mean, these words say exactly what everybody's thinking when you read this. A fresh script and tone for the film to more closely match the character. They were basically going to fucking murder this movie. Make Gambit garbage, which, oh, big shock. Fox is making terrible movies, with the exception of Deadpool. They haven't done very well with X-Men and some of these other fucking movies they've released. Spider-Man and everything. And so now here they are. They're about to fucking make another mistake. They have a good guy to play Gambit. Channing Tatum is a good cast for this role. But they're going to fucking murder this movie just like they've murdered every other movie. And now with Deadpool's success, at least now they've stepped back and said, what can we do to improve this film? And you know that Deadpool's now going to save some of these other movies that were potentially going to be utterly ruined by Fox. So... Um, you know, the movie is going to come out, so, uh, I mean, I guess we'll just see how well it does. I mean, it's funny to see how big, like, Deadpool had as far as, like, a rippling effect on other movies. Right. You have Wolverine potentially being a rated R film. Um, obviously, you know, Gambit is now being rewritten. Um, Suicide Squad had to have, like, numerous reshoots after they were pretty much done and wrapped. You know, you have all these other movies that are being changed with the success of Deadpool, which is positive because, you know, I think, you know, Deadpool wasn't such an anomaly like people think it was. They made the movie like the character is supposed to be. They made it like the comic book. The casting was right, and they didn't convolute the fucking story. They didn't go overboard with the big old fucking plan of like world destruction it was really straightforward and it served a purpose that obviously is something deadpool would do if they could just stick to what the comics are stop trying to fucking put agenda bullshit in these movies stop trying to push stuff that they want to push in these movies stuck to the fucking great content that marvel has produced over the past 30 or 40 years and just make a good fucking movie. They wouldn't have to worry about all this stuff. About how good Deadpool did. About whether or not they can do this or that. If they could just stick to the stick to the script. Stick to the character. They'd be fine. I mean, do you disagree with that? No. I think it's... I think Deadpool's proven that. Right. I mean, you have a movie that people are like, Oh no, nobody's gonna go see this. This is a rated R film. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, it's so, you know, it's vulgar. It's bloody. It's all these things. Big shock. It did really well. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds was excellent for that movie. And yeah, the movie, you know, just all around was a fantastic movie. But I mean, I think the bigger, you know, the bigger point to be made here that I don't really see a lot is that they just stuck to his character and made a believable storyline that's something that Deadpool would do. They didn't venture off and try to make him something that he wasn't. And, you know, obviously with good production value and good editing, they ended up with a good film. And if they just did that with every freaking comic book character, instead of trying to make them, like, over-elaborate, make every fucking movie about the, you know, world destruction, you know, make every fucking movie about the, the world ending, and, you know, maybe focus on smaller shit or, like, you know, genuinely decent bad guys 
I mean, nobody's saying you gotta kill the fucking bad guys. I mean, obviously, in comic books, I mean, how many times did, like, they have battles with a bad guy and they didn't die? You know, they always came back to fight another day. All you have to do is defeat the bad dude, right? You know, so why can't they just pull a really good supervillain out and just have, like, a gnarly fucking battle where the bad guy doesn't die or he gets his ass kicked so bad and something does happen where you're like, oh, shit, maybe he did die, but doesn't, right? Because he comes back. Right. I mean, to me, it just seems like... I mean, there's so much that can be done with these comic books, and it seems like sometimes some of the people that write this shit or that are in charge of making decisions, big decisions for these types of movies, they're complete fucking squares huh? that don't know what the hell they're doing or are just surrounded by people that don't know how to tell these people that the decisions they're making are stupid. So, again, happy that Gambit's going to come out. Um, release date-wise, I don't really see anything, but at least we know that it's not killed. So... Um, I think it was supposed to be out sometime in 2017, so I'm assuming with the whole rewrite, we probably won't see it any earlier than probably, like, 2018 with how long some of these movies take. Probably. Um, you know, maybe they can make some magic happen, who knows. So, um, moving on to television. The mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead is tonight. Um, and with that said... You know, obviously, if you're not caught up to this episode, I mean, I guess this is pretty much where you should, uh, you know, stop the show, catch up, maybe listen to the rest later, because we're going to be talking a little bit about um, some of the episodes that have uh, recently passed, including, um, you know, the one we saw last week, obviously. And so, kind of just have some predictions of what may or may not happen tonight. I know typically we do some of these spoiler type things at the very end of the show, after we wrap up the first part of the show, but this kind of does pertain to our general show and main topic. Um, so again, um, spoilers are coming up. Going to be talking about the show, Fear the Walking Dead, mid-season finales tonight. Um, what do you see happening, or what are you hoping is going to happen with uh, Fear the Walking Dead um, tonight? I hope Chris dies. <laughs> Oops. To the point. No, I hope he does. He probably won't, though. But I totally hope he does. Who do you think will kill him? Madison. That's... I can totally fucking see that happening. Especially with what happened last episode. Last episode, um, you know, he there's a church fight scene. Um, Madison's basically knocked to the ground. She's getting attacked by a fucking walker. Chris basically is just watching her like he's waiting for her to get bit. Um, is it Alicia? Mm-hmm. Alicia jumps in and, uh, you know, saves Madison from this walker and basically is like, well, what the fuck are you doing, Chris? Like, you know, well, that's all it ends up being. Well, you know, later on, um, you know, she pretty much, you know, confronts him like, you know, what the fuck had he done? And he doesn't want to admit that, like, he'd done anything. He just says he's frozen. But, you know, I think she knows a little bit better at this point as to, you know, like how he is mentally. And so he kind of threatens her about, you know, what... You know, if she says anything, um, anyways, Alicia, unfazed, does tell somebody, tells Madison, Madison ends up telling Travis, and, uh, Travis doesn't really want to believe it, is basically comparing, um, his problems with Chris to the way Madison's problems with Nick were, and his drug abuse problem, and how Travis was there for him, um, Totally not the same, by the way. Yeah, not the same things at all, I mean, he had a drug abuse problem, and he was there for him. But Madison's talking about this kid possibly being, like, a fucking psycho that wants people to die, which is completely different from Nick's issue. Nick would push you up shit creek if you needed medicine because he might use it, right? But, you know, you don't have to sleep with one eye open because Chris might fucking put a kitchen knife through you. Which, while I'm talking about kitchen knives and people being asleep with one eye open, there comes a point where uh, there's some noise... Chris actually goes into the room where Alicia is sleeping with Madison in the same bed. Some ruckus starts and people in the house start waking up. When Madison and Alicia wake up, they see that Chris is standing over them holding a knife in his hand. He'd actually picked up the knife from um, like a small little dresser that was Madison. yeah that was next to the bed where madison um was sleeping on her side of the bed and chris had picked it up but when they wake up they see him standing over them 
with the knife in hand, and this is after Madison was already concerned that Chris was maybe going to try to hurt her or Alicia, and, you know, she'd already told Travis her concerns, and, you know, they're, Alicia's yelling at him to get out, and he does get out, doesn't hurt them or threaten them or say anything to them. Um, you know, but now you got to ask yourselves, like, because this is a big deal. You know, he was, you know, what was he going to do? You know, if the there hadn't been any noises or anything that kind of woke up the rest of the house, what would he have done had he just been standing there with a knife in hand? Yeah, he's creepy. You know, who who would he have killed? Would he have killed Madison because he doesn't like his stepmom? He would have killed both of them. Or, right, I mean, I guess he can't kill one without killing the other, right? I mean, because if you kill Madison, obviously Alicia's going to want to avenge her mother's death. If you kill Alicia, obviously Madison's probably a stronger, more capable person at that point than Alicia is, per se, to, you know, strike revenge. So, um, I know you kind of want Chris to die. Madison is a character. Um, she's been really abrasive some of these episodes, and it seems like certain shit that she does, I'm just kind of like, oh, God, she's going to fuck this up, too, because she's always, like... You know, messing with people's shit, which, I mean, I guess, you know, in Walking Dead, you kind of had Rick would always kind of interject himself into people's shit and would basically, like, kind of, like, always take over, you know, obviously piss people off. And it kind of seems like, you know, Madison's going that direction with kind of being the the Rick of the group. Obviously, Travis, even though he's the dude, I don't think he's there. I think Madison's more apt to kind of be, like, like Rick than Travis is. Travis seems to kind of be like a more go with the flow or kind of let's see what happens. Whereas Madison's kind of like, no, this is what we're fucking doing. And so, I mean, I know that's kind of like where they're kind of projecting her character, but I don't like her. I don't like her, so I don't think they'll kill her. I mean, but I don't think they'll kill her, but I mean, honestly... I guess that's just my wishful thinking. Maybe she'll become a better character as the season, you know, goes on. But right now, she's just, I just find her kind of annoying. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know who would kill her. I don't know if there's anybody that has motivation to kill her other than Chris. So maybe Chris succeeds. Let's say Chris does succeed in, like, killing Madison. I mean, where do you think it goes from there as far as where Travis stands? No, they're going to end up fighting that lady whose house they're in. Cecilia? So if someone's going to die, it's, it's going to be from her or her followers. I Who? think. Who, Madison? If anyone from that group. Well, I mean, I think, was it it's Cecilia or Celia? I mean, I mean, obviously, I think the old lady's going to die, obviously, because you already had Strand killing the Tom. Mm-hmm. You know, shooting Tom to make sure that he didn't turn, so, you know, with that said, obviously it pissed off um, Celia because now she thinks that this is like, you know, that when you're dead, you're not dead. So basically Strand killed her boy. So, you know, with this, obviously with this development, there's going to be conflict. I don't know that any one of these main characters is really going to die from just somebody at the farm. I mean... To me, it seems like Celia, it would be more, make more of an impact if Celia was the person to, like, kill one of them, as opposed to, like, you know, there being some sort of strife at the compound and just somebody just takes a random bullet. Like, it just kind of, like, takes a little bit of the dramaticism out of, out of it. Um, You know, but at this point, I mean, I think, yeah, the money's on, I would say, either Madison dying or Chris dying. I mean, I guess there's a good possibility it could be Strand you know, I mean, maybe he decides that he made the wrong decision and does take his own life. Maybe. I don't think so. Okay, so if he doesn't take his own life, maybe he, you He's know, kind go of. after Celia. Yeah, you know, but maybe he puts himself at risk because he doesn't have so much to, as much to live for with Tom gone. And, like, puts himself in danger where maybe he doesn't need to. Kind of like a, you know, you guys go ahead and, you know, I'll... I'll you know, I'll hold her off or I'll hold these people off or... I know, he was always the first one to jump off the boat or try to snap (laughs) people off. So, no, I don't see him being selfless. No? Nope. Well, at the same time, remember Madison promised Tom that she was going to protect him under all costs. You know, watch over him. So maybe 
Strand does put himself in some sort of situation, maybe with Celia or somebody else, and then Madison trying to uphold her, you know, the the promise that she made to Tom that um, she ends up she ends up getting killed. I don't so think they'll kill her. I don't know. Would that make for a fucking crazy mid season finale though if Madison got killed? Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do it to her though. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. So, um... It would probably be, like, Daniel or one of the kids. Daniel's too resourceful. I think Daniel's way too resourceful. I mean, he's I know he's, like, weak right and tired now, and all that stuff like that. I just do not see him dying. He seems, like, way too capable. I don't know. I see him having a fight with Celia. And maybe them offing each other. You know, one of those kind of situations. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Um... We'll find out tonight. Um, so Fear the Walking Dead mid-season finale is tonight. You know, check it out. Um, obviously, they're going to wrap it up with, uh, you know, the Talking Dead afterward. We'll get to uh, get a debriefing of the show. So uh, that'll be fun. And, uh, you know, and then we'll obviously we'll be able to talk about the show and what actually happened and how close, if we were close at all, or if we completely missed the fucking mark on um, our... Uh, next episode so um this is episode 13 13, and uh just want to thank you for listening um you can check us out on facebook you can check us out on twitter at at that um at that com podcast um obviously if you're listening to us you already know we're probably on soundcloud uh as that conversationalist um we are on itunes as conversationalist you have any questions comments concerns anything like that you can email us at that conversationalist at gmail.com so again episode 13 thanks for listening i'm jesse and i'm with amanda bye and saying see you later oh bye again